0: Hi, Sarah. Hi there, Richard. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Benefits, a podcast brought to you by Shaw's Employee Benefits and Executive Compensation Department.
1: As your hosts, Richard Schwartz and I, Sarah Tuzlan, will interview a member of the Syphar's Employee Benefits and Executive Compensation Department, or an outside expert in the employee benefits world. In each episode, we'll discuss interesting, tricky, and sometimes amusing issues that come across our desks, all over a cup of coffee.
0: Today, for our inaugural episode, we're joined by Diane Diger, our department chair. So grab your coffee and let's jump right in. Hi, Diane, and welcome to Coffee Talk with Benefits.
2: Hi, Richard, and hi, Sarah. I'm so thrilled to be here with you and honored for you to choose me as your inaugural guest. Well, we are so excited to have you for our first podcast episode.
0: We are. So, Diane, tell us a little about your practice and experience.
2: Absolutely. Uh, As you mentioned, I'm chair of Cypress Employee Benefits and Executive Compensation Department. And with that, I guess, comes the fact that I have practiced for several years. I'm not going to say how many, but we'll just say that I have a law school reunion coming up that exceeds three decades. My practice runs the gamut. I touch on qualified retirement plans, both on the 401k and the pension side, as well as health and welfare plans and some executive compensation to boot.
1: Great. Well, the question that we wanted to talk with you about today is how 401k plan participation is impacted when someone goes out on disability or is otherwise absent from work due to an illness or injury.
2: Well, it's a great topic. You picked for the inaugural topic because it is a really common situation that employers face when they address how to handle an employee's absence, to injury or illness. Most employers, as you know, have sick leave or PTO for short periods of absence, like up to seven or 10 days. For slightly longer periods, employers have short-term disability programs, which they often call salary continuation. And then for even longer periods, there's long-term disability. The shorter-term side, sick leave, salary continuation, short-term disability are often and typically paid by the employer to the employee directly through payroll. So in that situation, benefits usually continue. The individual is still an employee and their normal deductions for things like healthcare premiums and 401 k contributions and their loans all continue to be made in the normal course. I mean, sometimes if you have a short-term disability program that's not 100% income replacement employers could run into issues where there might not be enough salary to cover all those deductions. And in those cases, employers often have a hierarchy in place so they know what comes out first, right, in those situations. And then, you know, if an employee remains disabled for an even longer period of time and they go into long-term disability, which is often like a six-month period, elimination period, then that employee, again, flips over to long-term disability. And that's usually insured, not always, but usually it's an insured program. And that means the payments are no longer coming from the employer, right? They're coming from the insurance company to the employee.
0: That's interesting, Diane. So when they're on disability, is the individual still an employee?
2: Well, that is a very good question you ask. Again, often when they're on short-term disability, that's salary continuation and they're still considered an employee. Whether or not they cease to be considered an employee and therefore whether there's a termination of employment when they're on LTD, there's really no clear rule. It's important for employers to have a process for determining when that takes place, when that termination of employment event takes place. Otherwise, you could get into a situation where an individual is still carried on there as an employee for years, you know, while they remain disabled. But it's also not typical to just have a set date where termination happens, like when Ltd starts or twelve months after Ltd, because you know, we're venturing outside our benefits field, but our employment colleagues would tell us you have to have an interactive process where you make a determination whether that individual can actually come back to employment with or without an accommodation for their status. So that's a little bit beyond today's discussion. But you know, an excellent question that I think employers really do need to make sure they have an answer to in their own situations when they want that event, termination employment event to happen and whether they have a process in place to make sure they monitor that.
1: Diane, what are some of the administrative concerns that employers should be considering when someone goes out on a disability
2: leave? First and foremost, can the employees still make 401 contributions? Can they make deferrals? You know, deferrals, whether they're pre-tax or Roth contributions, are made from eligible compensation. So. Wow short-term disability payments will typically be eligible compensation because they're being paid from payroll and they're probably coded as such and defined as such in the 401k plans definition. When someone flips over to LTD, they're often not eligible company anymore. For one thing, they're not being paid by the employer. So you would have the logistics of even being able to withhold from those insurance payments, but they also probably don't fit within the plan's definition of eligible compensation. So you have that issue, just, you know, can employees continue to take advantage of contributions to the 401k plan.
1: So, Diane, what about, I know, our our favorite topic that never creates any sort of plan issues or errors, loans. What do you do about outstanding loans for people who are on disability?
2: Well, that's a really good question. Yes, we've all seen our fair share of operational issues with respect to loans. You know, we don't have the same eligible compensation issues that we have in employee deferrals because these are contributions already made, right? And employees took a loan repayment and now we just... Up as a convenience for the employee that will take the loan repayments out of your paycheck and send it back over to the 401k plan for you. So it doesn't matter if the compensation you're getting while on disability leave is eligible for comp or not, if we have a way to take those out of payroll and send them over, we'll continue to do so. And that's usually the case when someone's on short term disability or salary continuation, those loan deductions will continue to be taken out and sent over, right? Easy peasy, do we think? Um, But again, you have the same kind of logistical issue when you switch over to LTD. The convenience of those payroll deductions is cut off at that point. And so individuals with loans will either have to pay their loan off in a certain time period or you know face the possibility of the loan being defaulted and they'll have to pay tax at that point on the outstanding balance. A couple things to think about here is one, the Internal Revenue Code does recognize that people on approved leaves aren't going to have the same Income and to be able to pay off their loans, so they give us, you know, a hiatus period. Basically, if you're on an approved leave an employer approved leave for up to a year, you don't have to make any loan repayments. You don't have to worry about the loan going into default. Although interest will continue to accrue during that period of non-payment during leave. So, if you want to take advantage of this rule as a plan sponsor when you're designing your plan, if this sounds like a good thing for you to do for your employees, if you have a lot of employees in this situation, you can draft that, you know, one-year hiatus period into your loan provision and set it up with your TPA and your payroll system to make sure you're feeding over the right status for that approved leave.
0: And Diane, don't a lot of plans have the participants paying directly, either by repaying their loans directly, either by check or ACH payments?
2: That option is becoming more and more available to participants as ACH, you know, becomes a little more easy to manage and uh, both from an individual participant perspective as well from a TPA perspective that they can accept repayments that aren't just only coming from an employer's payroll system. So yeah, so either employees want to keep paying off the loans even during that one year hiatus period, because again, interest continues to accrue. Or the one year is over, right? And they don't want their loan to default, and they don't, you know, have enough money to pay it off all at once. They could set up something with the four hundred and one k plan administrator that allows them to either send in a check, which is less common these days, or set up an automatic ACH kind of transfer with the third party administrator if they want to keep that loan being repaid and not incur the taxable event. And this is again, it's something that we didn't see as much. In the whole history of 401Ks, we haven't seen it as much until more recently as TPAs are kind of coming around to, we can do this administratively without uh, risk of error and it's a convenience that participants are more and more looking for to have that ability to make those repayments.
1: So what about on the employer contribution side with respect to folks who are going out on disability, do they continue... To receive employer contributions typically when they go out? And I'm not talking about match necessarily, but sort of your non elective contributions.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good question because employer match obviously will continue while deferrals are continuing. And if deferrals stop, match will stop. But on the non elective contributions, you don't need, you know, deferrals to be going in. You just need a planned term that tells you when you make these and to whom you make those contributions. Oftentimes, they're a percentage of compensation. So if someone on, short-term disability, salary continuation still has eligible compensation. You can clearly continue to make those contributions as the percentage of the compensation they're they're earning during their short-term disability period. But once someone goes on long-term disability and it's insured in a situation where it's insured and there's no more compensation, you know, it would be a percent of zero. Anything times zero is zero. So what do you do if you want to continue to make that contribution? And in fact, the Internal Revenue Code has thought about that and said, okay, we're going to make an exception to the rule in the Internal Revenue Code under 415 for those benefits nerds out there who want to know the tax section. 415 says you can't make a contribution that's more than 100% of 415 eligible comp. And someone on LTD doesn't have any eligible comp. So they've recognized that that could be an issue to continue to make those contributions and said, well, in that case, you can look at the last compensation the person had that they were earning before that disability leave started, right? So you can look at that. So check your, if you want to do this, though, make sure your plan document aligns with this, okay? And uh, we can help you with that. If this is something you want to do, make sure it's in your plan document, make sure your payroll system is set up to do that comp calculation and that your TPA has that information too so they can do the allocation for you.
0: That's really interesting, Diane. I'm willing to bet there's a lot of people out there who don't know about that provision that allows you to make non-elective profit sharing contributions off of long-term disability payments. That's really interesting. Are there any other issues that we should keep in mind?
2: Yeah. Although let me go back to that non-elective contribution question a moment. Just another thought on the non-elective contribution before we leave there is that this will be the plan design decision as to whether to continue to offer that contribution will be tied very closely to whether or not a person in that situation has incurred a termination of employment right? So if they're not considered an employee anymore, they're not going to be eligible even if they're on LTD leave. So those two policies that the plan sponsor employer has really have to kind of work together, right? How long are you going to make this non-elective contribution while someone's on LTD? And at what point would they stop being an employee who's on LTD and just be a former employee who's receiving LTD payments? So if this is something a plan sponsor wants to do, kind of think about how you're treating your, your LTD population.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because it seems that you'd really want to have some parameters in your plan document with respect to how long those contributions would continue, especially since you could have someone out on LTD for a pretty long period of time. So you'd want to have some sort of cutoff in your document on when those payments would stop.
2: Yeah, there's one more thing I think that comes up quite a bit. Obviously, there's probably innumerable other things, but one more thing we see and REB lawyers see with our clients is the question of when an individual who's on a disability leave can take a distribution from their 401k plan. As you know, as you guys know, especially and many of our listeners know, you can't take a distribution from a 401k plan while you're an active employee, while you're an employee, except for certain events, and you know some of which we know very well, like age 59 and a half and service distributions, for example. So we're kind of back to that same topic we just touched on a moment ago, where what's the status of someone on LTD? Are they still an employee of the plan sponsor? Or is their employment considered terminated, like on the HRS system, and they're a former employee? If they're a former employee, of course, they can get a distribution, right? I mean, most 401k plans are set up to provide that upon a termination of employment, you can elect a distribution of your account. That's the most common setup, right? But we don't have someone set up as a terminated person, but they're on LTD status. Oftentimes, people on those disability statuses want access to their 401k account. They feel they they need those. Maybe they don't have 100% income replacement, so they could really use access to their 401k account. So you can, even if you haven't terminated someone, you could set up your plan, design your plan in a way to allow a distribution to someone who is the status of disabled. That adds a little administrative wrinkle to it, right? Because now you have to decide what it means for someone to be disabled. The most common definitions I think we see in our department is a definition that's either the Social Security Administration, U.S. Social Security Administration, has determined you're disabled, or the employer's long-term disability policy has determined you to be disabled. And if it's one of those definitions, it's again easy in a sense, right? You just coordinate that with the disability status. You can put that on your feed to the TPA. They can see that this individual participant is disabled. And if they called in for a distribution, they could allow it in that case, even though they're not considered terminated.
0: I guess I can see that it makes a lot of sense to um, examine the definition of disability under the plan and make sure that as an administrator, we all know what it is and that we can actually administer that definition. Diane, this is a really interesting subject, and I bet there's a lot more issues than most people would realize when they think about somebody going out on disability with respect to the 401k participation.
2: Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much for having me. It was uh, fun to talk about and to talk to you two
0: about. Thank you.
1: Yes. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for a discussion with SciFarth partner, Jennifer Kraft on some common concerns dealing with beneficiary designations.
0: Thank you for listening to Coffee Talk with Benefits brought to you by Cybox Shaw. We invite you to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcasting platform. Learn more at coffeetalkwithbenefits.com.